Welcome to the TBMX Show. I am your host, Tyler Brown, and I am still alive, believe it or not. I've been getting tons of hate mail that I've been slacking on the podcast, and first of all, I just want to apologize and say that I'm here, I'm back, I'm still alive, I'm still doing this, I want to do this, and I'm ready to go. So, let's kick off another podcast here, just like always, I'm sitting in my office, got a little coffee, hold on, I'll take a drink. Mmm... The more I drink, the more gassed up I get and keep talking. So that is a good thing. Um, so what's been going on with me lately? Well, hold on. What we're, what we're going to talk about on this show, we've got some race results to catch up on, um, some things that's been going on with my life, as well as some stuff from the fans, some question things like that. So we're going to get into things right now. Number one. Where the heck has this podcast been? So I had this whole plan. I was going to go over to Europe after my last podcast. We we're going to talk about Manchester. We we're going to hang out in the with the guys in Europe and uh, just go over some stuff. So unfortunately, I had a fairly bad injury while I was over there. Uh, to be honest, it kind of sucks and it's kind of weird and I don't really know a lot to report with you guys what's going on. But long story short, um, I was just doing some training stuff. I was in actually in the gym with Corbin. Um, years ago, I broke my back. Nothing major, just a small stress fracture. Uh, my vertebrae had kind of slipped a little bit back then. No big deal. It's been nine years. I haven't had any issues, no problems at all. But it did slip then, and I was in the gym with Corbin. Everything's going good. I'm doing some deadlifts, stuff that I do all the time with weights that was not that heavy. Uh, and I was coming up, and I don't know, I heard three very loud, distinctive pops right where I had broke my back previously, and my back essentially just locked up. So I was in a lot of pain while I was out there. I was like, I actually went to the emergency room. Um, you probably, if anybody saw me in the World Cup, I was just hobbling around just trying to get by. And my hip was just absolutely on fire. I was dealing with a lot of pain while I was out there. I got home. Uh, luckily, I saw my chiropractor. Things went better as far as the pain went. But it's super weird because I'm not really in any pain, so to speak. But literally, like my right leg just doesn't work the way I want it to. Uh, it's not really getting much better. It's not really getting much worse. Um, I mean, I can walk and things like that, but things like walking upstairs, trying to ride a bike, like it just walking upstairs isn't too bad, but I got to focus on each step. Riding a bike is pretty much non-existent. It's not happening at the moment. So I don't know if anybody saw me in Nashville over the weekend. I went out there not riding in three weeks, not really expecting what to what was going to happen out there. And it was kind of embarrassing at best. I got completely smoked out there, which is okay to get smoked. It happens. We all get beat. Uh, but I just, I couldn't get my leg to work. So it's kind of a weird thing. I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, and I don't want people to freak out that I'm like some kind of paralyzed or something like that. It's not crazy or anything like that. But uh, my vertebrae has slipped even more. Um, I don't really know how far it slipped. I don't know what kind of damage it's done. I'm now in the process of waiting to try to get some MRIs done. I got the x-rays and stuff, but unfortunately with our fantastic American healthcare system, it's kind of one of those things that you go see this doctor to wait to talk to this doctor to wait to talk to this doctor. And so long story short, I still don't have an MRI scheduled. So I don't really know the full extent of my injuries. Um, I've been starting to do some rehab stuff and just figure it out, but I maybe have 50% strength at best on my right leg. So right now it's just kind of a waiting game to figure out what's going on. But enough depressing stuff. That's realis that Realistically, that's the reason why uh, the podcast hasn't really been happening too much. For those that don't know, I'm also expecting my first baby here pretty much any week over the next few weeks now. So I got home. I was dealing with doctor visits, MRI, trying to get MRIs, x-rays, all that stuff, as well as a baby shower and getting the nursery ready. And me and my wife are expecting our first kid. So 
we're super excited. There's a lot of really good stuff going on in our lives right now. Unfortunately, a few negative things at the moment too, just dealing with injuries. Uh, this is part of BMX and what we do. So I don't want to be depressing about it. It's one of those things we're just going to kind of pick up and, and keep moving from here and see what happens. Uh, I'm not really sure the next step, but we'll figure it out. Hold on, more coffee. Mm. All right. Like I said, the more I drink, the faster I'm going to start talking. So you guys better get ready. Let's go over some race results real quick before we get too far into things. Uh, number one, we'll start off with Poppendall and just kind of my opinion on things. Uh, I mean, I, obviously at this point, everybody's seen the race. Everybody knows what happens, but I just got to like the Dutch just killed it last weekend. I think that they're obviously one of the top countries in the world at the moment for BMX racing. And so for us to for everybody to step into their backyard uh, I think it was kind of exactly what we all expected, to be honest. As far as the women go, Elise had a really good showing out there, getting two seconds. She uh, she actually had the lead both days halfway through the track, and Smolders kind of got her at some point on the track each day. Uh, her and Sm- Elise and Smolders tangled up in the last turn a little bit that allowed Judy Bow to get the win on the first day, and Smolders just cleaned past Elise out there. And I don't I don't necessarily think Elise really did anything wrong in the respect that she was riding good. It's just it's Smolders' home track, and that chick is she's a badass she rides really really good and so i mean i would probably compare it to if somebody came here at chula vista we had a world cup there i would kind of expect to see elise probably do the same thing here that smolders did there i was really impressed pressed with felicia uh she she did she rode really really good as a matter of fact she had some of the hottest laps all day in the qualifying rounds and unfortunately on the finals in the first day i think she just kind of maybe head cased a little bit just something that happens to everybody she's just kind of now getting back into the swing and getting in those world cup finals again so i think she head cased a little bit on the first day and on the second day she came out swinging and went to the first turn in second behind elise and smolders passed her there and then but she was able to hang on for the podium so i think that was really good our, our women's side is looking pretty good we've got Elise and Felicia looking really good. Brooke should be coming back from injury. Danny's going all the World Cups. Then we have some young juniors that are trying to do their thing and make it happen as well. Uh, Skittles was out there in Poppendall looking good. She was riding the track well. It's just, I mean, that's a that's a big step to go from essentially amateur racing to the World Cup level. But nevertheless, she's got a good program going on. She's got her coach, Joey, there, and he's got her back, making sure she's all taken care of and good to go. So let's step on to the men's side of things. Mmm more coffee. The men's side of things, man, those guys go so incredibly fast. It's unreal. One thing that I can say since I've retired from elite racing, it really allows me to appreciate what in the heck those guys are doing out there. And to watch Neek, I mean, I just got to say like the guy was phenomenal. He rode so good all weekend long. He went as fast as he needed to to win his laps all day long. Nothing really impressive. Hold on, I take that back. Nothing impressive lap time-wise. I mean, he won pretty much, I think, every single lap. But like his motos throughout the day, he wasn't dropping these crazy fast lap times. You could tell he was riding real conservative out there, just ready to lay it down in the final. He didn't care what his lane or what his time was because we all knew that he was going to go in gate eight every single time anyway. So, I mean, on the first day... He, he was in lane eight. You had Joris in gate one. Joris honestly had a pretty good crack at making something happen. He just about got under Neek in the first turn, but Neek had the momentum, dropped an elbow on the outside, 
And then, uh, unfortunately, Joris came unclipped in the first turn, and Neek just flew by and took the win start to finish with a pretty impressive lap time. Nothing crazy, but I think it was the fastest lap time of the day. Uh, we had some good some good riders in there. I mean, everybody was riding really fast, but, I mean, just nobody could touch Neek on that one. So it was good to see him put that lap together, and the French guys got in there and kicked some butt as well. I think they had four guys in the final. So you had one Dutch and four French. And then, uh, and then that was kind of day one with those guys. Day two, it was it was even better. Uh, Neek, exact same thing. It was it was he continued the Dutch domination, as we can say. He lined up in gate eight and just absolutely destroyed it. But here's the funny thing about that lap on day two. It was one of those things that if you hear about the old school BMX guys saying like, "Oh, BMX is boring. There's no passing. It was single file." Was that lap single file? Yes. Was there any passing? No. But it wasn't due to the track. It was due to the unreal speed of these guys. Like Neek put together by far the fastest time of the weekend, the fastest time anybody's around that track. But more impressive, first, second, and almost third place were all faster than Neek's time than the day before. So it's not, it's just one of those things where all eight guys made perfect laps around the track. And luckily, we had a couple USA guys in there. You had Corbin and, and the Jet. I was really pumped to see my guy, Jared, make it in the final, representing 316 Racing in the team. And that was one of his best laps of the weekend, time-wise. And it was fifth place. And not knocking anything that Jet's doing, it's just every guy hit their mark all the way around the track, start to finish, and they did exactly what they had to do. And it was it was just, it was fun to watch. I mean, I just pure respect the speed that those guys put like I said, Neek got a fastest time that track's ever seen. So it was it was really impressive to watch him out there. So those guys looked really, really good. Um, the Swiss team looked good, as usual. Shout-outs to Graf. He was giving me a hard time for not doing the podcast. So I'll just, to him, David, I've been sweeping the puddles at the track too much. We've been dealing with rain, amongst other things. So here's another podcast for you, man. But special shout-out to him. He was looking fast, as always, as well. Uh, the Swiss team, though, they've got some really fast guys. They've been doing good. They have been they were definitely one of the countries to watch out there. They keep climbing, and they only have a couple guys, but they keep getting out there every single time. But I take that back. I could, shouldn't say they only have a couple guys because their team does keep growing, growing with depth. So, um, I mean... The competition as a whole was was just completely stacked out there. Everybody was riding really, really good. And like I said, it's fun for me to kind of sit back and know that I don't have to have deal with the stress of getting on the gate in a World Cup final or a World Cup anymore and just appreciate what the heck those got, those boys and girls are doing out there. And speaking of Poppendall and Smolders and boys and girls, uh, Laura Smolders dropped a video on her Instagram the other day of her doing that second straight out there, including the men's berm jump. And my hat is off to her like that. That's impressive. I rode that track last year and that first jump out of the first turn is scary. It's big. That whole straightaway is big. And for her to jump that second straightaway, like the girls class just continues to progress. And she's at the forefront of that at the moment, like doing those jumps. I mean, like I said, it was it was good to watch. She was killing it and uh, good for her. That was really cool to see. Hold on more coffee. Mmm. All right, so let's keep things rolling. Um, since Poppendall, I came home. Uh, like I said, I was dealing with some injury stuff, and we had a really awesome baby shower. A bunch of BMX pros were in the house. Some friends and family all came down. So we had that last or weekend before last, and then last weekend was Nashville. I was super 
Super pumped to go out to this race. I always am. I love the track. It's just got a wide open first straightaway, big sprint on it. Uh, the rest of the track is your pretty typical kind of ABA track, small and quick, but nevertheless, it's got a big drag strip. Uh, we went out there and we'll go kind of class by class. I unfortunately couldn't put anything together on the first day and I couldn't get my legs working, but Mosquito took the win both days, pretty uncontested. Um, he, he looked good out there. He was going fast and got the win both days. And then on the A pro side of things, I don't remember exactly who won each day, um, but the class, they, they actually had the biggest pro class of the weekend was the A pro class. I actually, Elite Women was second with 16 riders. Vet Pro and Elite Men both had 15, and Junior Men had like two groups, and the Elite Women only had one group, so they just did three laps for the overall. Uh, the Junior Women class, we'll start off with that. I think Peanut took it both days. Peanut was looking really good out there. And Emily Hayes, strong rider. We're missing a couple junior girls out there that I'd like to see him mixing it up uh, with Lexus Colby and a few others, but those girls are putting on a show, and I think they're, they're one of the funnest classes to watch. Number one, because they do three mains, so it's just cutthroat right from the beginning. And even when they don't have three mains, they're just they're really pushing as hard as they can out there. So that's for sure a fun class to watch. As far as junior men goes, that class is pretty much just Cameron Wood. So if if you guys don't know who that rider is yet, keep an eye out because you're gonna know who he is soon enough. Uh, he came out to a junior Devo camp at the training center with me last year, and I was impressed with his speed. And this year, like the dude, just un- unstoppable. I think he's only lost like maybe two races or maybe two or three races all year. He just wins every one of them. And he's probably one of the highest paid quote unquote pro riders at the moment. Cause he just goes out there and he makes, he wins both days and makes his $920 or whatever it is and goes home. And he like, he's just, he's out there killing it. And he's, he's bike lengths ahead in front of the guys. He won start to finish on Friday on Saturday. He had the lead, or he had the whole shot down the first straightaway, not the best first straight of him on the weekend. Um, one of the other riders passed him on the first turn. The, one of the Wewis riders passed him in the first turn. And this was a really hard track to pass back. And Cam made a killer move in the last turn and got around him and uh, and took the win on day two. So that was pretty good. On the female side of things, it was pretty much all of the Elise Willoughby show. She killed it, won every lap, I think. Now, I think Felicia got in there and got, got her in one of the motos or something like that. But uh, Elise took it start to finish both days. Felicia got a couple seconds. And I think this is a really good track for both of those girls, probably a little bit more so for Elise. This one, she's got a really good sprint on her. And with this track first straight being so wide open, it just kind of allowed her to pull away. So it kind of would have taken a mistake for her, for Felicia to get by. But Felicia was right there in case that mistake did happen. So those two put on a a pretty good race. As far as the men's go, that elite class was just absolutely stacked. So you only had 15 guys. So it was it was essentially just three rounds of semis to the main event. When you only have 15 riders, the races in AA are so hard. There's really no filler. It's just all top dudes, and everybody's going as fast as they could. I think on the second day on Saturday, it was pretty much – one of the motos was definitely harder than the other. It was kind of like the main event with Connor, Corbin, and Joris racing each other every time and then just kind of swapping out one rider here and there. Like Larson would have been in that moto once, and Alfredo won, and Anthony were in the other moto kind of back and forth. But – it was it was definitely fun to watch those guys swing swing at it every single time when the gate dropped. Uh, Joris he looked good out there throughout the day on both days. Nothing super spectacular. It's not like he was dominating all day until the main event. And that's one thing that I've really been noticing more and more about Joris and really been liking what he does out there. Like he kind of did what Neek did in Poppendall in the respect that like Joris wasn't super concerned about killing everybody every single lap. 
He just did exactly what he had to do to put himself in a good position for the final. And both days, like the dude just dropped the hammer in the main event and nobody was going to Nobody was going to battle for him. I think on the first day, Corbin was pretty close to him in the first term, but Corbin was on the outside. On day two, Joris just walked away from it, kind of start to finish. So uh, the Chase boys on Saturday, they went one and two. So Joris took the win. Connor took a second. And uh, then on the first day, I think it was Joris and Corbin in the one and two and just kind of some mixing up. I think Kenny G got a third on one of the days. So good to see him on the podium. We haven't seen him racing too much. And also, shout-outs to Junior, old Cam Larson. I was staying with him last weekend, and he rode really good. It's uh, it's his it's his first year, full year in Elite, and he's a young kid and going out there, and I think he's obviously doing the best that we have at the moment for younger Elite riders in the class, and that kid's got a sprint on him, man. I've, I've done sprints with him, and it's been a long time since I've been embarrassed doing sprints with somebody, and he definitely has embarrassed me when we've been doing sprints. So this is a really good track for him. He made the final both days. It got a six on the first day and I think a fourth on the second day. But what was most impressive to me was the fact that he was probably one of the only guys making passes around the track in the elite class. It was really, really hard to pass. The track is very tight and small for the elite men class. And Cam was one of the only ones that was kind of making some moves, especially in that last turn. So it was, it was fun to watch. And you could tell that he's just hungry and mixing it up. And I'm excited to kind of see what, what he has moving forward. So that's kind of it on the race side of things. Uh, I have a few a few things that some people have been writing in and asking some questions. So we'll start off with some stuff from my man Rad Chad. He asked it if uh, when I broke my back, if I broke my my podcast voice as well. So Rad Chad, yeah, when I slipped the vertebrae in my back, it threw out my voice box so I couldn't talk. But luckily, I got the voice box working again. So we're here for a podcast ready to go just for you, buddy. Um, he had some other questions. How do you practice with your friends and then turn that friendship off at race time and back on in the finish line? I think that's one of those things that in pro racing – we know it's kind of our job to go out there and race and we know what we have to do. So we're all friends with each other off the track for the most part. Even when you have a small training group, it's okay to be friends, but then it's okay race time. Like you just have to do what you have to do. And I don't think anybody really takes it too personally. I think there's guys that get frustrated at time with other riders and stuff like that. But it's one of those things you just, you have to know what you're there for. And maybe the pros have it a little easier because we're not racing each other on a local night every single week, but you just got to be able to take that friendship and, and step and set it aside for those 45 seconds when you're on the gate to the finish line and know that in training, it's, it's really good to work with that, with that friend and push each other and get each other quicker and then just kind of learn how to shut the emotions off a little bit in race time but uh, I mean I have seen it get to some of the amateur kids too much with not making moves when they should have because it was their buddy and things like that and uh, I don't know if I have a really clear answer for you it's just you got to learn how to switch those emotions off come race time and maybe more so when you when you need to and not like if it's a local race you don't need to kill your buddy but if it's a national and your friend's in fourth and semis and you're in fifth hey you got to do what you got to do and and if your friend gets mad at you for taking a shot, then, you know, it, it, I don't know, that that's racing. All's fair in love and war, right? Let's see. Let's see. He, he had some other ones. Intense, da, 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 da. Maybe that was it for him. But um, I got some other questions from one of our local dads here. He sent me a bunch of questions. Uh, this kind of goes a little bit more towards maybe the beginner side of BMX racing, how to assess a new track. What I always do is I think it's important important for a new rider to go out to the track, take a look at it. And this is a skill that you can kind of work on as you go. Look at a track before you ride it, pick your lines, what you think you're going to do, 
and then go through practice. And if you adjust those lines, remember those adjustments that you make. So the more that you can look at a track and kind of pre-plan what you're going to do, the better you get at that and the easier it's going to be to show up at new tracks, go, okay, I'm going to jump that one, manual that one, manual that one, pick up for that one, whatever it may be. The more you kind of pre-rehearse it before you get on the track, the easier it's going to go. Just the more you do it, the more you do it, you're going to understand what you can jump and can't and things like that. Uh, strength training and weight. I mean, that's kind of, that's a long, long question in itself. I think gym stuff is obviously very important. If I had to put a ranking order on the training that I do, number one, well, I'm not doing any training at the moment, but when I do train, it would be track work, number one, sprints, number two, I would put gym number three. I think gym is really important, but think of it as more as an accessory. What we do, everything is on the bike. So, or when we're racing, we're obviously on the bike. So it's most important to be spend as much time as possible on the bike, but you can do things in the gym that's going to help that get stronger. But I would kind of rank that as my priority list. Put going to the track number one, those sprints number two, and gym number three. Race preparation on the mental side. I think that's one of the things, the more you race, the the easier it becomes. I notice this a lot with just kind of running a local track, especially when kids get a certain age, they almost get kind of too cool for local racing and they stop racing their local races as much. So these kids are, become practice kings. Sure, they can go out to the track, they bro out, they hang out with their friends, and but they don't race. And then they show up to a national and they do good in the motos and the earlier rounds. And as soon as you get any pressure on the riders, like in the quarter semis or mains, that's when they start to fall apart. Well, no wonder. Like even if you go to a bunch of nationals, even if you go to 15 nationals a year, well, that's only... 30 races that you're doing all year. As were some kid who's racing local races, he could race 30 races in a month if he wants to. Well, maybe not 30, but you know, you're probably not going to 15 nationals a year and you maybe you live, don't live in a place where you could race that much locally. But my point is, is the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And that comes from everything, whether it be you, we, we've all been out at the track and had a tabletop, a stupid tabletop that made us scared to jump when we first started riding. Then the more we jumped it, that thing became easier. Then we moved to doubles and that became easier. The more you race, the easier it's going to become to race and understand how you can mentally approach your racing. And then that translates exactly over to nationals and bigger events. You're going to know how to manage that pressure and it's going to make it even easier for you guys to race. So let's see if he had as many other questions here. How much training is too much and how much is too little? That's kind of an open-ended question depending on the rider and the age. The biggest thing is just listening to your body. If you're doing things like not able to sleep at night or feeling sick and getting a cold, things like that, chances are you might be overtraining and you need, how to, need to learn how to back it down a little bit. Uh, different bike setup for different tra- kind of tracks. This is uh, one of my local guys. His, we, we call him Big Dude and his son is Little Dude. He sent me some really good questions. So bike set up for different type of tracks, tire PSI, gear ratio, etc. To be honest, I don't think the pros really change their setups too much. I think, uh, I think as far as tires and pressure go, we don't really change our tires too much. I mean, tracks today, they're all for the most part asphalt corners and soil tack or smooth straightaways. So we don't really need too much of different tires. And as far as gearing... I think it's pretty much the same for the most part, give or, give or take a tooth maybe. Like even though it's all the gearing seem to be traditionally like a 44-16, everything is going to be traditionally around that ratio, but kind of a bigger setup or not. Like a lot of the riders, including myself, I run like a 49 to 50 18 in the back. So if it's a bigger track, it's going to be close to that 50. If it's a tr- regular track, closer to that 49. So, I mean, that's still around that 44-16, but 
Um, I do run the bigger Tioga tire on the back, so that does make things uh, a little bit different. So there's kind of some beginner tips on that one as far as just kind of going over races and stuff like that. What do we have moving forward? We have the World Cup in Paris coming up. All the USA riders are going to be leaving this weekend uh, for the race the following weekend. So that's kind of next on the program. Um, what I'm kind of expecting to see is, to be honest, a lot of what we've seen there and in the past earlier on in this year. I think from the men's side of things, like we saw the Dutch guys do in Holland and Poppendal, watch out for the team. Watch out for the French team in Paris this next weekend. Those guys know every single inch of the track. And not only that, they just ride it a little bit different. They, they're going low in the turns. They know exactly where they can go in these corners. They're working together. They're pushing each other. The French team is going to be going really, really fast. So watch out for those guys. And watch out for Neek. Neek's a killer. We've seen him do it again. Or we've seen him do it before at this track. So he can bring out something. I wouldn't be surprised him jumping in gate eight and just laying it down. This track, uh, sorry about the dogs barking in the background. My neighbor's bringing their trash in, so they're going crazy. This track has one jump on the first straightaway and then a really big sprint to the second jump. So this is another good one that's for Neek because he knows how to open up and get those legs moving. But it's going to be hard to beat the French guys in their home home country, home track. So, But if, I, if anybody can do it, I'd say Neek could. I think Connor is going to be coming back for Team USA. So I'm excited to see him jumping back in the mix with those guys again and see if he can hold it down for USA. Hopefully my man Jet and uh and corbin can put something down as well for team usa and on the women's side i think i i would say let's really look out for three girls i'm gonna say it's kind of what the podium was in poppendall smolders is obviously going to be going fast elise and felicia they're going to be my three picks for the podium um out there as well i think felicia's got a good headspace riding riding right now she's progress moving forward Elise and Smolders are always kind of one and two back and forth. Uh, but I think any of the French you know, French girls can still jump in there knowing they know it or knowing that they know the track pretty well. And uh, obviously the Dutch girls, the Dutch have plenty of fast riders. So that's what we're going to be looking for over there. And then we got some summer races here with Rockford and Salt Lake. Uh, so I'm, uh, I, I think we're going to continue to see Joris do his thing here in the USA side. Same with Elise. Uh, those tracks are both kind of built for them, and they've both been looking good over here. Actually, I take that back. I think Joris is going to be staying in Europe for a little while. So it's going to be interesting to see which rider can kind of take advantage of Joris being gone and step up here in the USA Series for a little bit. So ooh, we'll, we'll have to find out on that one. Um, other than that, I think that's kind of all I had for this podcast, another quicker one. Maybe one of these days I'll get some guests in this show, and we can kind of go back and forth. But for now, you just got to deal with me. I'd love to hear from you guys. Keep your comments, questions coming in, stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to do my best to get all healed up, and hopefully you can make it out there for the World Championship. I'm really excited for that. But until then, it's uh, it's just getting ready for daddy time. So we're super excited to have the little one come in here pretty much any week. So next time I talk to you guys, who knows, I might be officially a dad. So until then, make sure to reach out to me. All my social media stuff is at TylerBrown316. That's going to be the way to get a hold of me. And please send me some messages, send me some comments, whatever it is. I want to hear from you guys. If you've got more questions, keep sending it in. I will do my best to start compiling all these questions and answering them. If you want to hear somebody on the show, a special topic, whatever it is, training tips, whatever, please just send it my way. And I'd love to keep talking to you guys. So thank you again for listening to the podcast. Thanks for hearing my views on things. Even maybe if you uh, you disagree with me, let me know how you disagree. I want to hear, hear for that. So um, that's all I got for today. And you all have a good rest of your week. And we will talk to you soon. So again, 
Thanks for joining the TBMX show. Find me at TylerBrown316, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good day. Bye.